one. Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Five Tool Podcast, episode 54. I'm Dustin McComish, joined once again, as always, by Drew Bishop. And a lot of baseball going on, as always, college baseball in full swing. We were at high school games on Friday. Um, Major League Baseball's opening day is on Thursday, so just around the corner. We'll have baseball of all levels um, going on. But, uh, Drew, you and I spent uh, – well, you spent the weekend out at the, the gorgeous Franklin Ranch. I, I had never been there before. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever actually, like, stopped in Franklin. I've driven through it a couple times. Uh, but you were out there the whole weekend. I was there Sunday for the uh, the 12 baseball – um, I don't know what the official showdown was. Showdown. The 12 yeah, they showdown. Had, they just had a weekend of all their teams out there competing. And uh, when you go see that facility, it's like, yeah, let's find reasons to go use that thing because it's beautiful out there. But um, you were out there with S2 Cognition doing a bunch mm-hmm. of testing uh, of those players. And I went out on Sunday and, and caught some of that 14U action and just um, checked in on the S2 stuff and, and talked to Zach Dillon, those guys at 12. But um, really fun Sunday out there. But um, I was fired up when you told me how many players had actually gone through and done the S2 cognition testing. Um, so take us through kind of, of that and, and that process of um, being with S2 out there and uh, just how many, how many players you guys were able to actually test uh, over the course of just, just two days. Yeah. So it was great. It was like, it was a good test run for us. You know, we're going to try to be bringing some of these um, like a, a testing unit to the, uh, to our, some of our tournaments out in Melissa and some other places this summer. So it was a good trial run for us having such a big event. I think there was 25, 12 teams there between 13 and 14 year olds. And we just tried to bring them in, get them tested. Um, we did a three-part test for, for all of the kids that took it. And in about a day and a half, we got just about hundred, I think it's totaled 174 kids. Wow. We tested. Um, so it was, a, it was a good number. Um, you know, we appreciate the 12 having us out, you know, just can't say enough good things about the organization, Zach Dillon, Trevor Moat, those guys run a great organization, lots of really good coaches. That's the thing mm-hmm. that stood out to me. Um, Good communication, you know, really respectful kids. They came in, took care of business, got a test, got the testing done. And it was fun. It was fun to see how excited they were um, getting in. And it was kind of neat, too. We got to try out the new uh, mobile system that they'll be using with the Xbox controllers. Yeah. So the way we did it, we had it split in half. Like half of the kids were testing on an Xbox controller and half of them were using the uh, computer system that they've used up until now. And it was funny because the kid, it got to a point where the kids that were getting the Xbox controllers were fired up because they had the Xbox, which they were used to. And the kids from the computer using the computer system were like, Hey, why didn't, you know, why didn't we get an Xbox? <laughs> um, but it was interesting. It was interesting. Just another, um, just another reminder of how like different the kids are because they'd get done with the tests and they'd all be waiting for each other. And, uh, you know, one kid would say, oh, I thought number, you know, the second thing was the hardest. And I, I someone would think it was the first or the third. So it just it just kind of uh, an obvious reminder of how different these kids are and how their brains are wired. Yeah. And one of the things that was interesting is, you know, one of the three tasks is something that, um, you know, for a 13 and 14 year old, that part of the brain is just now starting to come online. 
And it's something that's not fully developed and isn't even close to being fully developed. But it was noticeable that that was the one that more kids uh, seem to have a tough time with, you know, and it was very obvious, too, that the 14 year olds did a lot better at it than the 13 year olds. So it made a lot of sense. Yeah. And so, you know, we got a bunch of really good data and information and get it out to the kids. But. Um, you know, it's going to be a tool that can help these, these guys, uh, with the 12 coach, you know, I think that's the goal and this being a player development product, it's, it's just really cool to see. And it was fun to see how much the kids got into it. And, you know, Paul got to do his uh, talks with some of the parents and, you know, you listen to Paul talk about the product and what it does and how powerful it can be as a player development tool and just kind of helping you understand you know, why you are or why you play the way you do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it was great. It was good. It was a good test for us. Um, Again, like I said, we appreciate the 12 having us out. It's fun to work with such a good organization and, you know, getting to the baseball side of it. I mean, they're, (laughs) they're 14U black team, I think would be able to compete with a lot of varsity programs. Um, You know, maybe not the tip top ones, but some teams I've seen this, this spring, I, th- I think they could definitely compete, at least stay on the field with them. But I mean, the level of talent out there in, in that organization is it's crazy. There's a lot. And, um, you know, I saw there was a they had a 13 year old left hand, I think, actually, who was actually from Franklin. Yeah, that was 80, right. 80, 80, 82. And just, I mean, and it wasn't like a, he's just bigger and stronger than everyone blowing it by him. Like he was moving the ball to both sides of the plate and he was only throwing fastball changeup, which I love. Yeah. Right? Me too. Like, yeah. You know, seeing a lot of the 13 and 14 year olds doing that, you know, you could, you could tell there was a real emphasis on the player development from the pitching side, as far as like pitching, you know, yeah. not just, not just, you know, throwing breaking balls in every count and, trying to locate and, you know, it was great because, you know, they were only playing other 12 teams. So there was a, there was an a, a ability for them to kind of stop a game and coach a little bit too, yeah. um, which, you know, at that age is just so important. And, you know, I, I felt like there was a lot of coaches that would stop it for stuff that was really important. Like maybe a kid not getting down the line. And, you know, I noticed a couple like earlier on Saturday, there was a kid or two that didn't get down the line. They stopped it, said something to the kid. And then same kid throughout the rest of the weekend, like didn't happen again. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want to see on stuff like that. But again, it was just, there's so much talent out there and they, they've just built such a good program. Um, but yeah, like you said too, that, that facility is ridiculous. It's and, awesome. I mean, just, I think there's six, six or seven fields that they I think were able six, to use. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I mean, I can't, I don't remember playing at many places like that growing up. Do you? Uh, no, like I remember since I was a Houston kid when baseball USA opened and that oh, was, yeah. Yeah. they talked about the yard, the crown jewel. You know, if you yeah. get to play, oh, yeah. get to play at the yard. And, and that was kind of the like, whoa type thing. But no, I, I don't remember any, certainly no, no facilities with turf. Like, I don't, I don't even know when turf really became a thing, but yeah, I mean, growing up playing at at, at a Spring Klein down at Rothwood, um, we'd played Northwest Forty Five sometimes and things like that, and you know, played in Humble and stuff, and no, nothing, nothing close to the, hey, to the Franklin and pretty, facility, and a and a pretty broad selection of concession stand food. How about that? You know, like yeah. you the, the five tool foodies and us, like shout out to that popcorn. 
Uh, yeah, the gourmet that, popcorn. Uh, I brought. I yeah. made sure to save Liz some uh, some of the cheddar that I got, and, and it Smart. prevented me from crushing the entire bag like immediately. <laughs> but I don't think yeah, I that could do popcorn. That. That, oh, I wish I had the name in front of me. Start with the B that they had there. Um, I got the cheddar, but I, I tried some of uh, some of Trevor's um, sea salt and, and, and caramel, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is this really yeah. But they had like sausage wraps and brisket nachos and all sorts of stuff out there. But uh, it was it, was, it uh, was Bell Bell's gourmet popcorn. Okay, Bell's gourmet popcorn. Yeah, and if you can get some, if you ever see it in stores out in that neck of the woods, definitely get some for sure. It was it was outstanding, but. Yeah, the concessions matched the facility. Uh, it was a total package of, of, uh, of, of prep, prep and youth baseball out there. But yeah, so they did for the S2 test for these younger guys, they just did the 15 minute one. So a little bit of a abbreviated test because you're not going to test these guys the same way as you're going to test an 18 year old or a 20 year old or certainly not the pro level as well. But um, I, I would I hope that, you know, if there are any parents listening that that were out there, um, throughout the weekend, like get the results. I, I can't emphasize that enough. Get the results in, you know, especially that you might think at that age, it's not that important. And I would argue it's probably more important now than it's going to be later on, because as you said, Drew, you know, some, some parts of these brains and, and we've learned from these guys and um, talking to, to, you know, Dr. Wiley and, and Paul Phillips and stuff like that we've learned from these guys that certain parts of the brain are going on right now. And that if, if you, if you start training these things at a young age, you can make some strides, you can make some gains. Whereas if you're kind of doing that when you're 18, 19, 20, it's tougher because those things are more developed. They're more kind of, for lack of a better term, hardwired. You know, it's tougher to kind of change, change those things. But uh, I can't, I can't encourage parents and, and players um, and coaches enough, like get those results. It, it could be the most important piece of baseball data and feedback um, that you ever get, you know, in, in terms of just knowing how your brain operates and the types of things that you can train on and understanding just, just what kind of player you are, you know, what things that, that you, that you're excelling at right now and kind of adding some reason behind, okay, like, yeah, that makes sense. I, I do have some, uh, or I watch my son and he does kind of struggle in this area or he's really, really good at this area. And this is, this is why, and this is matchup. So um, I, I would tell those, those parents, like get the results, you know, don't just do the test. Like the, the, te the test without the results are, is basically meaningless. Get those results, get that data. So, you know, Hey, okay, this is, this is kind of how his brain is working. These are the types of things that we can work on. This is the type of feedback I can give to my coach and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I, it looks like I really excel in these areas, but it kind of makes sense why I might struggle in these areas. What are some things that you can do to kind of help me, um, you know, try to get the best and, and improve that um, as opposed to maybe kind of being confused that, man, why do you chase that pitch so much? Well, here it explains why. Yeah, well, and two, I, you know, I think one of the things that we were kind of paying attention to is we, we hadn't done a whole lot of the three battery options. Mm -hmm. um, you know, being on site, I think it was important that we kept it efficient, kept it moving, and these guys were playing games. So we were kind of watching to see how the kids would respond and react for the groups that took it before they played versus the groups that took it after they played. And there really wasn't a difference. Like there was one group that kind of had a tough loss at the end. And, 
you know, we were a little bit concerned and I know the coaches were, but the kids came in, they took it and it was easy. Like the three portion test was taken anywhere between 15 and 20 minutes. So the kids were, the kids were in and out and we asked, we pulled a bunch of them aside and kind of said, Hey, you know, like, you know, is that, did that stress you out to the point where it might affect you in a later game? And, you know, every single kid pretty much said no. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and that was good to see just because we're rolling that out at some of our events. So, you know, we look forward to having, having a, a, a test, the testing capabilities on, on site. And, you know, we're going to have these monster tournaments with so many teams up in Melissa and, and across the state and country really um, and encourage. It's a great time to just knock it out. Like I said, that three battery portion took about 15, 20 minutes. Kids were in and out. Um, wasn't too taxing on them. Um, you know, it's not the whole eight, five, uh, five or eight uh, battery yeah. test. So it didn't take the same amount of time and they didn't just look mentally exhausted or taxed when they took it. So, you know, I think that was a, that was a good, a good test run for us. And, you know, kind of confirmed what we hoped and thought might be the case, but, you know, it was good to see it in action. And, you know, it was, it was easy. Like there was a couple of teams that, you know, they'd get the last out of their game, pack up, head up there. And they were from the last out to the time they were in their car was 30 minutes. So, mm-hmm. or under 30 minutes. Um, so that was good. It was efficient and nice and easy. So, um, you know, just don't want people to be intimidated by the thought of taking it before or after a game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, 15, 20 minutes. I mean that, and in, in, you know, you're not having to fork over the entire checkbook to get the results either. And it's just right. like 15, 20 minutes paid to get the results. And it's like, that's all it takes. And it could just really unlock a lot of new avenues in terms of your development as a player um, and your relationship with your coaches. Um, college coaches in the future are, are I guarantee you, um, if, if there are a program that's on top of things, they're going to know about S2. They're going to know about the importance of it. They're going to know about its impact. They're probably using it with their guys or will be in the future. Yeah. Um, and they're going to want to see your stuff. And, yeah. you know, having that sort of having that sort of data and those results to share with them um, could put you ahead of the curve, could, could put you at closer to the top of their list because it's going to arm those coaches with more information about what kind of player you are. Right. And and to, you know, that's been, that was always interesting when we were in the room with some college programs presenting it. And, you know, we still to this day have not found someone that didn't believe in the technology and the, the product by itself, but it's interesting, like pitching it to the guys to get the info on their current team. But when you mention that you can get this information for recruiting, mm-hmm. they perk up a little bit. Oh, yeah. So it, it's something that's going to be a, you know, a huge advantage for the programs that use it. And I mean, we can look at some of the programs that have that we've tested this year and how they're doing. I mean, like Tennessee, Vanderbilt, uh, OU, Baylor, like having successful seasons, A&M. Um, and it's, you know, I, we've gotten really good feedback from the programs that have used it. Like it's, it's changed the way they've practiced in some, in some venues. Um, you know, when it comes to how you structure your hitting groups and what drills you do with certain hitters or pitchers, it it's had an impact and that's, you know, that's what we were hoping to see in that player development piece. You know, the, the earlier and earlier you can get this information, the more, you can attack it. You know, it's just like, you know, it's like a, if you want to think about it, like learning a language, younger kids pick up on language easier. 
That's right. And it's, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. a, it's the same, same type of thing, you know, as, as their brains are starting to develop and these functions are starting to come online, you know, it's a much easier time for them to take it in and absorb it and train to do it this way. Um, and, you know, it's like, can't teach an old dog new tricks is, you know, kind of an overarching theme with it, but yeah. it, but it is, it is cool to see. And, and it's going to be really interesting to see from the group that they've gotten the results, how, how quickly they can put it into, into practice literally. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, they, the S2 guys were very intentional with the three that they picked. Um, you know, it was basically their chose between the three that tell you, you are you, where you decide, should I swing or not? And if so, where do I swing when, you know, that's basically what you're getting from that three battery portion. And those are all three pretty important core components to hitting. So um, yeah, it's, again, it was exciting. And, you know, like I said confirmation on what we thought would be a, a good setup and a good plan for testing on site at some of these events and yeah. look forward to keep doing it. Yeah. Sounds like it went extremely well. And yeah, whenever you mentioned to parents, College coaches, um, and then you you start you think about like, and I know we can you know talk about advantages of recruiting and this and that, but if you think of the college program that's putting guys into draft at the highest rate, um, Vanderbilt is definitely in that mix, and Tim Corbin's all about this because of the way it ind- individualizes the development. Like they can specialize their development for that specific player, and that's how players get better. So. Um, really thrilled to hear, you know, how it went this weekend and seeing that, um, kind of happening in person and then how many guys got tested and stuff like that. It's, it's awesome. Um, I think it's, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of the start of what, you know, is probably going to become the norm at a lot of our, our big events mm-hmm. and things like that is getting those guys tested and, and giving those parents and players the opportunity to get some, some really, 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 uh, important data as well. But, uh, we were both at games on Friday. Um, my breakdown's pretty short. I, uh, I, I just, I, I kind of wanted to see something a little different and, you know, my, my son's birthday was Saturday. So in my head, I was like, well, I want to kind of take a little bit of a, a shorter drive to get back er, kind of earlier Friday night and help my wife kind of prep for the party and make a late night HEB run to get all this stuff. And I was like, you know, I'll go down to San Antonio because it's, um, it's a little less than an hour and a half, no traffic. And I've, I've learned now that there how do is we, no... how do we know that there's a time for no traffic? Has there, has there ever been one of those? Well, I, well, that's what I'm getting to, but I looked at, um, I looked at the Google maps thing at about one. Um, and it was like a little mm. less than an hour and a half. I was like, cool. Mm. You know, at four forty-five start, um, I'll leave it. I'll leave at two thirty. Give myself plenty of wiggle room. And uh, now I know that like there's no such thing as a quick drive to San Antonio. The, people talk about Austin traffic, and yeah, it's it's bad. San Antonio traffic is awful. It's worse. Like it's yeah. it's a it's a mess. And sorry for any San Antonio people listening. That city can't drive. That is that is <laughs> the worst driving city like there's always wrecks there's always like there's just always chaos and around certain like it's like everywhere like you can't like escape it like i-10 or 35 or or whatever that big loop they have that just everywhere you can't escape it so i was like oh gosh so i roll in 
I, I, I get there at like five for a 445 first pitch. And I'm thinking, oh gosh, like, so I'm, I'm going to see uh, Harlan and Brennan because I wanted to see Tristan Bristow pitch. He's a 2024 uh, Vanderbilt commitment. Um, there's like, there's like no current video on him. So I was like, you know what? I want to get some eyes on him. I'm going to get some video um, so we can have something kind of on file for him from the high school season just to get a look. And Brennan was an area finalist last year and, and the game earlier in the week was two to one on like a walk-off. I was like, okay, I'll probably see a good game. Might see a couple guys, whatever. I roll in and it's fortunately for me, Bristow hadn't pitched yet because it was seven, nothing after an inning. Um, so he gets on the mound and uh, it, the game eventually is 20 to one in the fourth inning. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like it was a, a abysmal drive to get down here. Uh, this game's 20 to one in the fourth inning. I had major FOMO because I, I wanted to go see um, Zach Royce and Cinco Ranch against Tompkins because he was pitching. And uh, I'd seen Tompkins a couple of times like, man, I can't go see, I can't go keep going to see Tompkins all the time. Like I'll, <laughs> I'll go see Royce pitch again against somebody else that I haven't seen yet. And it sounded like he threw the ball really well. I was messaging with him. Um, that was a really competitive game into the seventh inning that Tompkins ended up winning, I think four to two. Um, so I was like, oh man, but saw Tristan Bristow. Um, he was up to 88, uh, fastball curveball. The curveball really flashed. I mean, it, it was, it was a pitch that those, those batters, if it was in the zone, they just, they couldn't do anything with it. Uh, you can see why he's a Vanderbilt commitment. I mean, it's a, it's a big time ceiling. Uh, it's a really, you know, for lack of a better term, a really like a piece of clay that could be molded into really something special. Um, as most young pitchers his age, he doesn't quite know in terms of the execution and, and sometimes what he's what he's doing out there on the mound. But really quick arm. He's already physical. He's, he's going to really project athletic. Um, there's some arm strength in there. Um, there's some feel for spin. You can see why that he's, he's a very real commitment. So um, on one hand, I got to see him throw four innings in the 20 to one game. <laughs> I uh, got some video that I published already from, from my account. Um, on the other hand, I, I just know that San Antonio now, and it's funny, Mike Finger, uh, San Antonio Express News columnist, used to cover the Longhorns for a long, long time, friend of mine. He's like, you can't go, you can't drive to San Antonio between these times or it's going to be chaos. And sure enough, he nailed the time perfectly. I left a little after two and he's like, yeah, after two, you can't do it. I was like, well, <laughs> now I know. So uh, got some eyes on Tristan Bristow, really exciting player. Um, hopefully we get to see him in the summer as well. You can see why he's a Vanderbilt commitment, but yeah, Harlan um, was up 20 to one in the fourth inning of that game um, after a, a, a competitive two to one game <laughs> earlier Yikes. in the week in a, in a district matchup. So uh, it sounds like you had better luck than I did um, with your game. Uh, seeing a guy that's a, a senior on our five to 55 list. Yeah, no, I, I got to see, you know, Jared Two guys actually. Yeah, Jared's been on the shelf for a little while with, I think, some uh, like a bone bruise in his wrist or something along those lines, but still not clear to hit. But this was the first time I've seen him pitch live in a while. Um, and you could tell he was a little bit rusty in a big district game and trying a little hard. He, you know, he threw some really good breaking balls that were too good and uh, had some hit, hit by pitches. Um, but I'll tell you what, this was my first live look at Tavion Vaughn's and I was super impressed. Um, he exceeded my expectations. Uh, he, he ended up with a hit by pitch, double, intentional walk, double. And the doubles were smashed. Wow. Um, 
down third baseline. One of them, I mean, the third baseman like didn't even move before it was by him. And I, I liked him in the outfield, man. He had good actions, good jumps, caught the ball. Right. You know, like, it's so funny. Like I, I, for defensive guys, I just like to see the way they catch the ball, Absolutely. Like, you yeah. know, where they catch it, how easy it is. And even pitchers, yeah. I feel like I can get a pretty interesting feel on a pitcher by the way he catches the ball. Like if you'll remember this, but Dylan Peters just caught the ball, right. Mm-hmm. As a pitcher. I don't know. It just, it just makes you feel like they're a baseball player. Um, but Tavion positioned himself. Well, got some good throws out of him. Um, I, man, I was, I was very impressed. Like I, you know, we know how talented he is, Yeah. Um, but he is a lot, he's further along on the baseball player spectrum than I was even thinking. And, you know, I think, I mean, there's no reason for me to think he wasn't, but just from video I've seen and, you know, everything I've heard, you know, I think he might get a label as being raw because he still has so much more in there. But, I mean, he's got good instincts. He moves well to the ball. He's obviously strong. We know that. I mean, if you put together a Tavion Vaughn's highlight video, you know, and just him crushing balls, like, that's one thing. But, man, he he took good good at bats, was tracking the ball well. Um, I was – I was very impressed. He's one of the best. He had one of the best performances I've seen all spring. So, um, you know, if he, if he makes it to Norman, I I mean, I could see him playing a lot early and, you know, being a top or middle of the order guy too. Um, He's, he's advanced as a hitter. Um, You know, and it wasn't like he was just facing somebody that didn't have any business being on the mound. I mean, it was, he was facing Jared Thomas and that's what I saw. So, um, super impressed with him. Like I know we've talked about it before, but I know Clay Van Hook and the OU crew is really excited to get him. Um, special talent. There's a there's a lot in there, and like I said, he he's a baseball player now. Um, but I mean, the sky's the limit for him because there's a lot of potential to continue to get better and better for him. So yeah, yeah. You know, um, it's funny you mentioned watching how guys catch the ball. That's that's a big thing I'm into. I'm into as well. But think about how we always used to talk about when we would watch receivers that like Texas was recruiting. Like, do they yeah. do they fight the ball or are they a natural? Yeah. Does it come natural to them? And that's yeah, it's a really good point. Like, that's it's one of the reasons why I liked Casey Wells in center field when I saw him. Is like some guys just naturally track and and like catch the baseball. You know, like there's. It, it just comes super easy to them. Um, you know, that's something that I always kind of keep an eye on as well. But I think that I think Vaughn's might have some pretty big time weightlifting numbers, too. If I'm. Yes. Yeah. Correctly. Oh, yeah. 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 He was but, he was when we were going through the initial 55 release, like that was one of the things I remember, like we were texting back and forth about. It's like, did you see this? Like did, him, him and Cooper Strawn are the two that stick out to me uh-huh. as being the guys that we've seen, like put up some pretty, pretty ridiculous numbers. And and maybe DeAndre Jones. Yeah. DeAndre Jones too? That definitely does too. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah I recall, so, he's got a pretty, he's got a pretty big time um backs yeah and, and, and the and on, along those lines like a lot of times those guys that you see lifting that kind of weight you might expect them to be a little bit stiff but right. i didn't i didn't feel that from tavion at all so i mean man I, like i said i i couldn't have been more impressed by him and you know in a big district game facing jared thomas mm-hmm. and all that like i mean it was 
every, everything you could hope to see when you go watch a kid play, like I saw, like he, he had a good read on a ball in the dirt, took third. Um, I mean, just, it, it was great. I, I, I was very excited by him. Yeah. You start listing off the tools and then, you know, you start talking about the skill that way. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's a, that's a big time prospect. Um, you know, a guy that, uh, I saw with the Blue Jays scout team in the fall, and it's like, oh, you know, strong arm, okay, covering some ground, okay, like you know what the bat's capable of. So um, it sounds like he's one of those seniors that's that's got his arrow pointing up. And you know, let's be honest, there that that class is that there's not many of those guys where it's just they they're they're going up. Right. Um, a lot of guys have kind of stagnated and stuff like that. Um, just, you know, I was texting with a couple of scouts this morning about, about the class and stuff, but, um, you know, it sounds like he's, his, that arrow is pointing up. So glad you got a, glad you got a good look at him and let's hope Jared Thomas is, is swinging the bat soon. Um, cause that's, Oh that's, no, it's, you can just tell it's killing him. Yeah, I bet. You could tell, you could tell too when he was, he was off mound. to a red hot start. I feel like, I mean, just yeah. kind of get living on base and had a couple bombs early on in the season. Well, you could tell too. I mean, it was the first time he'd pitched in a long time and you could tell he was super frustrated. Just, yeah. just the fact that he's like, you know, he was rusty. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. bottom line and he still flashed everything you want. You know I mean? Like you saw a good breaking ball. You saw some really well-commanded pitches, but from a pitch to pitch basis, you know, he, 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 like I said, he missed on a, he had some hit by pitches because the curveball was once say too good i mean like yeah. that's ultimately it, he just he he wasn't starting it where he wanted and it was just it was moving so much that it caught caught the foot of a couple guys um but i mean you know it's all there with jared and i would you know we know what he is um but it was i oh the other guy that i really liked in that game from cedar hill was mcclinnon commit isaac goddard mm-hmm. uh, yeah big arm really big arm. Like I, I don't, I didn't have a gun, but man, I mean, the ball, you could tell by the, just by the swings that it was coming out really well. And I think he'd had, I think he'd missed a couple starts potentially with the back issue, but so you could tell he wasn't as sharp as he has been at times, but man, like really good stuff, really good stuff. And uh, you know, he's got the frame, like he goes to McClendon puts on some weight. He might throw really hard. It's a really great, hard. it's a great, great Juco, Juco move both ways, both for McClendon and for the kid, because like you said, right. it's, it's big time arm strength. Um, and I, I think there's still some physical projection there. And just one of those guys we're probably going to be talking about next year. Like, Oh yeah, he's, you know, he's sitting low nineties and bumping mid to upper nineties. And, you know, he's got a breaking ball and scouts are interested in him. And it's just like these, you know, McClendon just does a great job. I remember when they got that commitment, you know, I was, I was texting with uh, Tyler Johnson and they went and saw a bullpen and just like, yep, yeah, well, we, we like the kid, we like the way it goes about his business. The stuff is lively. Like we, we jumped on that one. It's like, the, yeah, those guys don't make it hard. You know, like that's a kid that was just kind of hanging out uncommitted. Well, um, yeah, the he, there is some definite poise on the mound too. Uh-huh. Um, you know, like he, he had some jams and had some traffic, you know, and like I said, the control wasn't probably where he'd want it to be from, you know, like when he's at like peak performance, but you know, so he, so he had a little traffic, but you, he never showed it right. Like the game never sped up on him. 
Um, you know, he, he, he had a couple of balls that could have been strikes. I thought for ball four, um, and it didn't affect him, you know, like I think he knew or thought that they were strikes, but he didn't show it, you know, and it, it didn't, it didn't take him a couple of pitches to rein it back in. You know, a lot of times you see that, like when they're, when they're pissed because of, of a ball that's called, it might affect them for three or four pitches, but Isaac got right back on the mound and went right back in there. And that was, that was good to see, um, you know, just a mature outing and um, they got Cedar Hill ended up with the win. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good get. Another good get from McClendon. I just we saw last night that Wyatt Ryatrick committed to them. Um, yeah, right-handed pitcher who was probably the top uncommitted senior arm in the state. I mean, I, I might be missing a few guys, but um, I saw him earlier this season. Saw him in the summer. Uh, One-time LSU commitment. Like that's another like, you know. It's not a it's not a coincidence that the McLennans and stuff are often so good with so much talent because they're getting guys like that. And then they get them in there in that culture and that development. And they're able to often get those guys going in the right direction. So, um, you know, a guy that's that's a big time pitcher for, you know, maybe the best team in the state of Texas. Like I know they're four a but I'd put him up there with any six a team yeah. um, in the state. And he's a reason why, because he's on the mound throwing so well for them. So. Um, shout out to him for for his commitment and McClendon kind of doing their doing their thing and, and racking up the commits. But uh, yeah, I'm glad you got to get some eyes on him because he was a guy I was excited that you know once he committed to McClendon, I was like, man, it's just like that that guy's got some major upside. But um, I guess we'll establish that you're not a curse to the 22 class like I am, since Tavion Vaughn's did his thing for you and and Isaac Goddard throwing well. And you know. I'm not, I'm not willing to confirm that yet. Cause we still have some, <laughs> some games well, to go. Well, this week might put it to the test. Where, where are you planning on going this week? So tonight I'm think I'm going to go see rock Hill versus Lovejoy. Um, okay. Want to see Jack Livingstone again. Nice. Um, yeah. From Lovejoy. Uh, Brenner Cox still haven't seen him live on the mound. There's a chance that he might close. It sounds like. Um, so I want to see that game. Uh, I think Friday um, I'm going to see Heath and Prosper. Ooh, um, that'd be a good one. Yeah, so um, hoping to, yeah, I think I'm going to see uh, Harrison Rosar. He's starting to get some buzz um, from Prosper. QB one. Um, okay, we like those. Starting starting to trend upward uh, on the mound for them, and then Saturday I'm I know I'm going to see one game. I think I'm going to see Mansfield Legacy and. Um, uh, Flower Mound Marcus, they're playing at DBU. So, and it's later in the day. So I may be able to squeeze another game in there early. Um, haven't been giving my marching orders yet on birthday party prep for Sunday. So <laughs> that may keep me at a one game, but I, I think grandma and grandpa might be in town. So I might be able to, I, I might be able to sneak two in on Saturday. That's we're TBD at that point um, on that uh, on Saturday, but I mean, we're, you're starting to see some of these big time matchups take shape and, um, you know, it's, it, it's weird because Prosper and Heath are not in the same district, but they're playing a district schedule this week. They're both playing each other Tuesday and Friday. So I think some people are going to get over and see them over in Prosper today. And I should see them in Heath on Friday. So excited about that. Um, but yeah, no, I'm been, I was trying to map out my uh, schedule for the next couple of weeks and starting to get some really fun matchups. Yeah. Um, you know, some more, some more heated contests and, you know, just, I just love that atmosphere and watching these guys mm -hmm. play 
you know, because there's some emotion there. There's see how they react on a bigger stage, right? And see if they if they step up or or melt based on the pressure or you know whatever you want to call it for for this level. But um, yeah, it's been it's I, I saw that your boy uh, RK from um, Summer Creek had a good game on Friday after you saw him. Yeah, man. Yeah, er- Eric RK. I can hit, man. Um, I, I didn't even get to see him put the bat in motion a ton, but it's just one of those guys when he stepped in the box, the way he tracked pitches and, and you know, like carried himself. I was like, this dude can, can hit. And, you know, he put the bat in motion a little bit, and I saw a swing. I was like, yeah, that's that swing is going to play. Um, and then I think he had seven RBI Friday. I think he went three for four with a bomb and another extra base hit, and I'm thinking – Tip of the hat to Cisco College for for jumping on that one, and they got a a, a commitment from his brother too, who hits four hole behind him. And uh, I I mean I looked at Eric Larkey, I was like, dude, this is a D one hitter, yeah. And you know perhaps he'll end up being a future D one hitter. And I mean again, we, junior college baseball in Texas is is outstanding. Like I'm not knocking junior college baseball, but I'm looking at him like, Whew, I think some D ones. Missed on that one. I know they watched Summer Creek because Jane Duplanche was there, although he was a really, really early Texas commitment. Um, but yeah, but man. You think, I wonder. I wonder if he's. I mean, you think it could be tied to his brother too? They want to keep perhaps, playing together. Yeah, and, yeah perhaps. Um, you but, know, who knows? The kid might just want to go bet on himself at, at Cisco and and do his thing there. And um, he's gonna like one of the things about junior college stuff is you're often gonna play. Like you're gonna yeah. get reps, you know. Hey, and some of those so guys much. just they just want to go play because like you have a much more robust schedule in the fall. And yeah, I mean you yeah, add up you you have you add up those at bats in the fall and the spring and game action. Like it, I mean it's there's it's significant. And yeah, like, like we talked about, that's what some guys need and mm-hmm. what some guys want. You know, they're just it's they're all about the baseball. Yeah, right. no, go get the reps. I mean, it, no, it's kind of no like practice a, a, limits, and yeah, it's like, like it, a, it's a it's a kind of like a pro ball atmosphere without being in pro ball. Like you right, get to play right. as much as you want, reps as much as you want, hang out with the coaches as much as you want. Like there's, you know, it's just all about baseball out there. But yeah, I, I think that guy's going to be really good. I could see us hearing about him next season. It's like, oh yeah, this guy's mashing at Cisco. But uh, you know, I, I was telling. Um, I think Nick, uh, Nick Timms was down there and I was like, yeah, man, I'm sounds like my guy put on a show. Um, and, and he did. So, uh, that summer Creek team could, could, you know, with Adam Troy on, I know at the Pepperdine signees are their ace and Duplanche and the arcade brothers and stuff like that. And they got a chance to do a little damage. I know they're already doing some damage in that district, but yeah, I'm excited. I've, I've been like you, we are kind of trying to map out our, uh, um, our April schedule and I've got some, I've got some potential good ones. Um, I'm going to go see the, uh, I'm going to go down to the woodlands and see uh, Braden sharp throw tonight um, against Ooh. Oak Ridge. Unfortunately, Hayden Morris is throwing Friday. He's not throwing tonight, but um, Oak Ridge has is, is got some dudes in there. I think Connor Bennett catcher uh, 23 class committed to Vanderbilt um, and then the woodlands Braden sharp. They've got some other guys as well, but I mean, Braden Sharp has just been throwing the absolute heck out of it. I think it was two weeks ago he threw a perfect game with 17 strikeouts. Uh, and that's a good district. Like, you start naming the teams in that district, and, and we know the baseball down there is, has always been really good. So uh, it's not like he's doing it against against poor competition. So playing to see him and then playing to see 
Um, Mr. One of the best Twitter names out there, Fitzmagic, Sean Fitzpatrick at Concordia Lutheran, um, played on CNN on Friday. He's supposed to be on the mound for those guys. So get, get my first look at him, which will be fun. So, yeah, these district races are heating up and, uh, you know, kind of seeing who's making that playoff push. And I'm also, too, kind of keeping in mind, well, it's like, well, this, the, this team is going to be in the playoffs. So perhaps we can see him in a matchup in the playoffs and stuff like that. And, trying to see as much good on good as we possibly can, but um, yeah, exciting times. And uh, you know, major league baseball coming up too. Did you, did you yeah. finish your fantasy draft? Finally, your I did. Your I did. One? Yeah. Yeah. We got, like I said, we got this one guy that like <laughs> one guy it, 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 and this year, unfortunately he was the pick right before me. Uh-oh. And yeah, that's like, tough. I think, I think some of it might be to spite us. Um, but like, you know, so we have a group me with our whole group and like, everyone's like kind of badgering everyone like, Hey, you're up, you're up, you're up. And then like, I I'm so impatient. Like I can't just do it in the group me. I'll text them too. And be like, mm-hmm. Hey, you're up, you're up, you're up. And you know, we, we've got some guys that, ha- you know, like I said, our, our lawyer friend that is like insane. Like he's got like the whole like mock draft map mapped out for where guys should go. Who's going to take them based on their keepers and rosters. Yeah. And, but you know, like he's got to, he'll have some pockets in the day where he's just not going to be able to get on his phone, but you know, he'll, he'll give the people picking behind him a list of a couple guys. It's like, Hey, here's my list of three, you know, go in this order. If, um, you know, if I can't get to the thing just to keep the draft moving. And we have a couple of California guys that, you know, they're on a different time schedule. Um, but the one guy, like he just, he doesn't let people know like if he's going to be gone. And so we're just kind of like, if we, like I said last week, we have a meme for him. His name's uh, without saying his name. So it's so-and-so's turn and it's the bear sitting at the picnic table, just waiting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that, that gets used quite a bit, but yeah, no, we, we finished the draft. We started Thursday and finished it, I guess last night during the game. Um, so, but I'm not sure what to think of my team yet. Like I, I like it, but then yeah. sometimes I, I can talk myself into not liking it when I look at some other teams. Um, I think I have a, I think I have a good balance. You know, I'm, I'm going to need some pitchers to, to pitch. Well, I like, you know, for the back end of my group, I like taking guys that may not put up monster numbers, but are on winning teams. So I'll get the credit for some wins. Um, so I took some Dodgers and Blue Jays with that on my mind. Um, you know, got some upside guys. Um, but I'm going to pull up my roster and just so I'm not forgetting someone. But I have a lot of I have a lot of versatility, like we talked that's about important. the other day. Yeah, that's important. Of, especially with the with the injured list being such a prevalent thing, you know, it helps to be able Golly, to move some of these that, guys around. I know. And you were Josh about, Rojas. I'm about still to cry. Like, yeah. Yeah. Shortstop eligible, second eligible outfield eligible was going to hit lead off against righties for the diamondbacks. Um, probably going to steal 15 ish bags. And he's got the dreaded oblique injury. I'm like, Oh, yeah, just brutal. And he was going to pick up oh. third base eligibility because he was going to he's going to be their opening day starter at third. So he was going to be yep. eligible at middle infield, corner infield, third, second, short and outfield. So basically everywhere besides first and catcher. And that guy is just that's critical because he can kind of fill in everywhere. It's like, ah, oh. so hopefully it's just kind of a four week deal. And I can you know, he's on my main event team, my main team. 
And I've got McKenzie Gore on that team too. So it's like you can typically stash one guy on your bench because there's no IL spots. And it's like more than one kind of makes it tough because you got to make sure you're getting at bats, counting stats, innings. Like you got to make sure you, you get some guys in there that are playing games and trying to figure out what the Padres are going to do with McKenzie Gore. But um, I don't know if you've seen it, but like it's pretty cool what's happening in baseball right now with like even though the new CBA, they talked about trying to incentivize this. And yeah, they came up with the whole reward for rookie of the year and that sort of thing, but they didn't really discourage tanking that much. Mm-hmm. But if you look around baseball right now, like the Reds are going to put Hunter Green and Nicoladolo in the opening day rotation. Uh, the Mariners made headlines yesterday by saying Julio Rodriguez is going to break camp. Yeah, um, the Tigers with Spencer. You say, Spencer. You, I saw you. you t- oh, the video, the video, like you know, what, yeah. I, one of my Those biggest gripes with Major League Baseball is they don't they don't market all their players and their young players, and especially the whole like you've got guys from the Dominican Republic and Venezuela and the United States and all these different parts of the world, and you don't market any of that. But the Mariners had a video in the camera in there while he's being told that he made the wrong like that was phenomenal. Like we never get to see things like that. And it was just like marketing done right. And the Mariners are doing that the right way and really promoting it. And the Tigers with Torkelson and and Riley green would have made it. And maybe the Padres keep CJ Abrams up and McKenzie Gore. It's and you know, it's great to see a lot of these organizations, especially those ones that are trying to win, like the Mariners and and the Padres and, and stuff like that. And the Tigers too. I mean, they went out and got Austin Meadows last night. Like, they're going for it and they're keeping their best yeah. players up regardless of, of, you know, super two or, or, you know, whatever. It's like, I mean, I, I'm a, I, obviously I'm, I'm a guy that follows the pirates really close. I'm a pirates fan and all the, half their media is like, Oh, everybody does this when no new O'Neill Cruz got sent down. It's like, since then it's like all these top prospects get kept up and it's like, okay, well, what are you doing Pittsburgh? Um, but yeah, that, that's been really exciting. I'll, I'll never, it's, I'll it's never so many young tired. guys being kept up. Yeah, I'll never get tired of seeing the videos of the guys being told they come up. Oh, that's like, it's funny. Ethan Roberts, the, yeah. the, the Tennessee then, Tech closer. Like, yeah. how cool was that, the dugout? That was, like, the first time that, like, we really, like, looked at and understood the analytics and, like, because, like, there was nothing that would say that, like, he should be out there just striking everybody out. But he was a, he was a fastball – like, he had the ride on the fastball, and, like, we just – like couldn't see it it was yeah. it was almost like bednar last year you're just swinging and missing at fastballs and like mm-hmm. that's weird you know like that in that level you know that level team that shouldn't be an issue but man I'll, yeah you just you just never get tired of seeing those videos um they're they're just so great and it was funny like i was thinking about it like you know like i think I'm not a big emotional guy during movies but like one of the times that I can remember, like almost tearing up or, you know, something close to it was in the rookie. <laughs> like when he, when I guess Dennis Quaid, like finally, like, you know, either gets his first outing or gets told he made the team. I can't remember, but like, or he's about to go in for the first time and they like yeah. show his dad in the stands. But like that, that's just so cool. I thought it was, it was neat getting to watch um, Julio Rodriguez, like call his parents yeah. and all that. Like, that's a, like it brings in the human element and you know it's it's a lifelong dream for those guys mm-hmm. you know and even though he's a top prospect and you you knew it was probably going to happen at some point it it's still just like 
you know, there's nothing like it. Like it's the only time that'll ever happen in your life. You know, like mm -hmm. the thing that you've been working your entire life for. And I thought it was cool that, you know, he thanked his parents for all the, all the sacrifices and all the stuff that, um, that they'd done to get him there. And I mean, how rewarding as a parent, you know, cause yeah. you know how much you sacrificed, <laughs> you know, and that's one of those things I always think of when we're at those huge events, like the 12, like I, I always feel for the siblings, you know, like oh, the, know, sis yeah. the sisters that just get dragged along that. And yeah. I know some of them love it. Like, you know, I, I, my best friend's sister was, she went, she had to go to every single game of ours growing up. She was two years older than us. And, and like, I was like, you know, instead of doing something fun, you're spending your vac your summer vacation in Tulsa and Houston. Tulsa. And, you know, like, I did the Tulsa, Oklahoma city one. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, they're, they're just out there at the ball field all day long. And yeah. you know, that some of the people that were, you know, at the 12 event were driving back and forth from the woodland, like several hours. I mean, you know, the parents, you know, they, they put so much into it and it's not cheap either, you know, and and it's for their kids and hope, I hope that kids understand that, you know, like you, you never ultimately will until you're a parent, I don't think, but man, like the distance that a lot of these parents go just to, you know, either allow their kids to have fun or have an opportunity to do mm -hmm. what they love. Like, it's just, you know, it's what, it's what's unique about sports yeah. um, and why are games so, so loved. Um, so you, you, like you said, you, you love getting to see a moment where, you know, all of that effort and all of that sacrifice is like realized by not just the player, but the, the family too. So yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah. And there's like, it's kind of what makes baseball unique is that like, you don't really get that in, in football and basketball. Cause if you get drafted, it's like, okay, like you're a dude, like you're on the roster. You do get it with like the, maybe the journeyman practice squad guys and, um, you know, maybe there, there was that one guy in the Lakers organization forever that was like 34 years old and he finally broke through and, and played an NBA game. So you do get that occasionally, but it's just unique to baseball is like, okay, you get drafted, but that doesn't guarantee you're going to reach the big leagues and have that sort of moment. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been really fun. I mean, it's, I, I feel like just the health of the sport with, with the young players and just, you know, it seems like organizations they're starting to better understand how to market those guys and and promote it and stuff like that like the red sending out like hey hunter green's in our rotation he's starting this day like you didn't used to see um right. anything like that so it kind of makes me excited even more excited about the future and the upcoming season and stuff like that but um well it, it's funny like I, I can compare it a little bit so when we we're at texas like when when we hired carly she'd been you know she had been with the rays and mm -hmm. on the pr side and you know, worked with big leaguers and, you know, like stuff that a lot of people, you know, quote unquote, old school baseball people, because she was there for the last year of Augie and Skip and all that. And, you know, and, and even the new staff that came in, like, that's just not stuff that's on the forefront of a yeah. lot of people's mind that's been in the game. But I mean, she changed our program, you know, like, I mean, the, the amount that she does on Twitter and the following and the, you know, the engagement and, you know, it just makes pe people and fans feel like they're part of the team. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it's so powerful, yeah. you know, and, and it's, it's a way that we, you know, we talk about social media in a negative light some ways, but I mean, like I said, you know, it can be used for the right things too. And this is, those are, those are scenarios where it is. And, 
you know, I mean, it, it, like you said, it'll, it'll definitely keep people interested. Um, and, and, you know, if you know, Hunter Green's throwing like, Hey, you may not normally watch on a Thursday night, but Hey, if you might, you might make time to watch him or you, yeah. you know, may, may adjust your TV schedule a little bit if you yeah. know that he's going to be on. So, I mean, yeah, like those people, you know, I think the baseball world's coming around to, you know, the marketing side of it and you're getting some of these business and analytics people involved and they understand the, the numbers, the power mm-hmm. of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know, I, I know Carly did that for Texas baseball and, you know, she continues to have such a huge, um, huge impact on the program. And, you know, she's, she has since moved into the uh, player development director of player development role and, you know, still runs the Twitter, but, you know, she, those are, the, there's a lot more development going on in baseball because of people like her in positions like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it, it's it might not be see. on the forefront of the, the, the old guys, you know, the people have been in the game for a long time, but it is the players for sure. And, and certainly the fans as well. And, um, you know, I thought it was um, very noteworthy that when Scott service was telling that to Julio Rodriguez, he said, whatever you do, do not change the way you play just because right. you're a big leader now, you know, because yeah. he's, He's really energetic. He's really passionate. Um, you know, he he's uh, he's not a cocky guy, but you know, people kind of call it the J Rod show. Like he's just he's a very energetic player. Um, you know, and it's just like don't don't lose that. Like don't lose that that sort of that joy for the game and and you know putting yourself out there and being on social media and all that stuff. And uh, you know he. He hit that inside the park home run in the spring training game, and you should have seen his emotion when he crossed uh, home plate. It's like it's a spring training game, but there he is flying around the bases, head first sliding on an inside the park home run. He's super fired up about it um, in a spring training game. So, yeah, I, I'm, I think baseball is – is even if it's just the some of the individual organizations are starting to do a better job of, of giving their fans like, hey, tune in and watch this guy. Like, hey, Hunter Green – might throw 102 miles an hour when he pitches on Thursday. Like here, here's when he's throwing tune in and, and watch it. Like, I know I'm going to try to watch it. I know I'm going to try to see Julio Rodriguez's first game and, and follow the Mariners and stuff like that. So um, it's just been a big gripe of mine with major league baseball is just the lack of marketing and stuff like that. And the college programs, I feel like do it better than a lot of the pro teams do, but the pro teams are, are starting to catch up as well. So um, excited for Major League Baseball to get started on Thursday. Hopefully, no more of uh, my players get hurt between now and then. Um, you know, fortunately, I didn't have any Fernando Tatis drafts or or anything like that, and, and I stayed away from from Jacob Degrom. I just don't think Jacob Degrom can like physically throw as hard as he can all the time. Like he just, I don't know if his body can can hold up that way. So you know, hopefully, he gets healthy at some point. But. Um, any, any, uh, you have a World Series pick? Any fearless predictions about the Major League Baseball season? Nah, not a ton. I haven't really um, thought. I haven't really thought of a pick yet. I yeah, mean, I've I just know been. It's, I've it's been probably in, lazy just to go with the Dodgers, but I've been. Yeah, I haven't gotten really into team mode. I've been so focused on individual on players, yeah. stats and stuff. Yeah. But man, I'd, I'd love to see Toronto do something. Um, That'd be fun. I always. I always like, you know, I mean, Rangers, you know, they'll be more exciting, you know, finally throwing some money at it this year. Um, so they'll be fun to watch at least, you know, I can, I can watch them every night with, uh, with, you know, some, some hope, uh, yeah. but 
I always root for Tampa, you know, because of our friend Jason and just yeah. the way they do things. Um, they just brought Josh Lowe back up after they traded Austin Meadows. Like, that's another exciting yeah. young prospect is a guy to watch. Yeah, it'll be – yeah, Tampa always, like, you know, even though I'm a Red Sox guy, I, you know, knowing Jason, the way they run their organization, I always hope they have success. Um, yeah, Toronto would be fun. Yeah, it's uh, – I know the Dodgers are the powerhouse in that NL, in but it does feel like a year where, you know, you still have this, the usual suspects tanking for lack of a better word, but it does feel like a year where you've got a lot of people going for it. The angels trying to go for it. The Mariners trying to go for it. Tigers going for it. I think the guardians are still going to be pretty competitive in the AL. The AL East is stacked um, as always. And in the NL has got some, got some teams as well. So it'll, it'll be fun, but uh, yeah, I'm still kind of been in an individual player mode. Um, sure before shifting to team mode but yeah the rangers are going for it i think john gray could have a really good season for them but um and then oh by the way we got the Masters starting later this week and it looks like tiger woods is gonna play so um yeah. that'll that'll be he, he i guess he's doing a practice round today um and i saw a quote that he said that uh somebody asked him do you think you can win the masters and he said i do they got a picture of him Ooh. on espn man he's he's jacked he's definitely uh um, he definitely looks like he's in good shape. So that's always something, a lot of sports going on. We had the national title Yay, game sports. In college. Yeah. In college basketball last night, which lived up to the hype. It was an outstanding game between Kansas and North Carolina. Um, Bill self wins a national title while, uh, the NCAA has been trying to suspend him for years. Um, so that's kind of, kind of ironic and kind of funny, but, uh, all right, we're rambling here. Uh, we've got games to get to tonight. Um, you know, get to Podbean, Apple Podcasts, YouTube to check out all, all of our podcasts. Hit the follow button, subscribe button. Please leave us a, a nice rating and review if you want on Apple Podcasts. It help us kind of, helps us kind of get out there and get discovered a little bit more and things like that. And we obviously tweet these down and follow along with all of our high school game coverage, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We even have a TikTok page. Uh, we try to cover all the social media platforms to keep you guys informed and uh, up to date on what's going on around the state and high school baseball and stuff like that and kind of share with you all these performances um, that we're seeing across the state. But uh, until we talk to you all next time, um, enjoy a great sports weekend, Major League Baseball opening day, the Masters, college baseball, high school baseball, everything going on right now. Uh, and the NFL draft will be coming up soon. But uh, until we talk to you all next time, uh, have a good weekend. Take care.